Do you know each other? <laughs> we come from the same place. You take 20? Zedheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Lucy. And this is The Walking Dead Cast, episode 356. Woo! Sound like I said walking head cast or something. Walk, walking head cast? <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome back, Lucy. Glad to have you hey, back. Hey, I'm glad to be back. We it's need nice a good to cop. be back in the seat. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's me, mate. Oh, no. I think Game of Th- Game of Thrones wrecked me. I think I'm not optimistic anymore. I'm just <laughs> oh, no. a shallow husk of what I once right. was. We really went through something there. <laughs> oh, didn't we all? Um, yeah, I feel like I should I should also say to listeners because a couple of people have messaged and asked, um, you know, are you coming back? And yeah, the I am not. I have not show jumped. Um, I'm not not watching Fear the Walking Dead. It's just been unfortunate that a couple of real life commitments got in the way. So I was actually out in uh, British Columbia for two weeks at summer school. So I missed the first couple of weeks and I'm heading back to Scotland in a couple of weeks to graduate. So I'm not super reliable this first half of the season, but in spirit, I am always the good cop (laughs) with you and I am going to be here when I can, which will be good. But I thought Kristen and Rima were excellent. Um, I enjoyed listening to those guys today when I was catching up. So awesome. Yeah. Oh, good. I didn't know you listened to the podcast. Yeah, of course I do. So I can, (laughs) disagree with you from afar (laughs) (laughs) well uh speaking of the podcast you guys probably noticed that there's another episode in your feed if you didn't i'm telling you now it's a special comic talk edition because something big happened in the comic recently and we thought it was worth its own episode so if you read the comic you'll know what i'm talking about and you can look for that episode in your feed also i want to mention this podcast is made possible by patreon supporters like nikki zizak who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen, thank you, Nikki. Patreon, you know, has been going on for a while, and it's time. I'm like, it's time to shake things up. So we're, you know, putting out the Jason and Karen show just on Patreon. We did actually publish the first episode last week on the feed to let you guys know what it was like, and we're do- we're gonna do uh, for the next one Chernobyl. We decided. I'm gutted because I did suggest that instead of doing uh, Humbug's Gulch, we did Chernobyl for a change of tone tonight. <laughs> but apparently that's not okay. So whatever, enjoy. <laughs> Have fun. It I was amazing. It I have to Have you watched it. any of it yet? No, only the first oh. like three minutes and I love that part. But it's, uh, I, I can't, I don't understand why it's as good as it is because it's like there's so many things about it that shouldn't be 
compelling like it's basically you know it's it's heavy on the men heavy on the kind of history but it's it's brilliant it's honestly yeah. amazing so i can't wait to hear you guys talk about it i actually enjoy history and men so that it's, that well, hasn't dissuaded me <laughs> So as do I, vis-a-vis my <laughs> studying path. But, um, you know, just in terms of the kind of things that our sort of audience like, it's perhaps much right. more sort of realism-based. You know, the first couple minutes, which I feel like I can talk about because it's the first couple minutes, talked mm-hmm. about truth and whether truth matters or not. Oh. And I love that idea. So I'm like hooked in right away. And I really think Jared Harris is going to be like, the actor of this kind of era. Oh, like I didn't even know he was in it. He's so good. He was also in The Terror. If you haven't watched The Terror, that's also mm. amazing. It has some of the same cast members and he's just incredible. Like his characters are all kind of like depressing, but <laughs> he plays them incredibly well. So yeah, I everyone go subscribe to Patreon to hear Jason Carr <laughs> talk about Jared Harris um, and Chernobyl. Yeah, he was uh, really good in Mad Men, which is one of my other favorite shows. That's what I first knew him from, um, was Mad Men. Yeah, he's great. And uh, before we get into fear this week, I wanted to do something I just totally forgot to do last week because I'm an a-hole. But um, I wanted to thank (laughs) Mark and Abby of Isimo for making our Jason and Karen theme song, which was, (gasps) uh, I loved it so much. And they're at isimomusic.net. Also want to thank Kristen Longabaugh, who's a listener of ours. She made the podcast art and uh, Ben Beck gave me the idea for the pop-up topics segment that we did. So I want to make sure and credit those guys for helping us out. Yay. Everyone is awesome. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Attention shoppers, Deadcast top five in five, four, three, two. Okay, it's Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Fear the Walking Dead Season 5, Episode 3, Humbug's Gulch, which is really silly and also kind of, um, I don't know, catchy or something. I thought it was the title of John Dory's sex tape. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'll watch that. <laughs> it's John Dory-focused episode, specifically focused on humbugs gulching (laughs) (laughs) so what did you think in general it sounds like you weren't that much of a fan of it huh um it's funny i've binged because i was away for those two weeks i wasn't able to get um the first two episodes so i've actually watched all three in quick succession um i it was actually really helpful for me i'm going to just speak a little about this season generally because a couple of people have asked and i do have some thoughts um i really agreed with what Kristen was saying in the first episode in that there's a lot happening. Like, I was trying to get my head straight on it. I was like, okay, so the evil but possibly not evil but a bit sinister guy has gone and taken over the denim factory and that's where Joan Calamezzo and her brother and um, Charlie the psycho killer are. So that's fine. Strand too, right? And Strand. But then Strand went to go and see Skidmark. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) By the way, Skidmark far and above the best character that this show has introduced <laughs> in a long time. And I'm looking at you, John Dory. I think Skidmark's got charisma. But anyway. Right. Um, Skidmark in Humbug's Gulch next week. Oh, my partner turned around to me halfway through tonight's episode and he's like, I would really watch Salazar and Skidmark's Great Adventures. And I was like, do you know what? I would too. Yeah, um, he'd just be yelling <laughs> at the cat half the time. 
Oh, skid mark, you stupid. Get in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that storyline, which I thought was quite interesting because it, it didn't go down the road of kind of the obvious conflict of like, we're here to claim it through blood and fire or the kind of we're going to wait you out like the creepy vultures. It, it just sort of happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so that's happening. There's the weird like Lost Boys, Children of the Apocalypse storyline there's who took althea because that i think is not to do with the weird children of the apocalypse storyline mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now we kind of know that yeah yeah and now we've got dwight's here mm-hmm. i mean dwight's here and alicia's kind of on some sort of journey with morgan as her spirit guide and i'm sort of like okay these things are all cool but i feel like focus is being pulled in a lot of directions mm-hmm. like, yeah, and, and also there's miss chernobyl too Oh, shoot, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the whole radioactive zombie thing that I just completely glossed over. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of irons in the fire. And You're I'm a right. Bit like, yeah, I didn't, like when I didn't you list think them. about that. Yeah, when you list it all out, there's a shitload going on for it being so boring. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> I'm only exactly. kidding, mostly. But. No, I kind of agree, though. Yeah, I'm like, with bit. all this happening, I'm still like, I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't, I've written literally on my notes for the... Um, First bit, I've just written season generally. Meh. Like, I don't know. I don't hate it. Yeah, I just me neither. don't love it. Like, I don't you know either. What I, mean? I, don't, I don't have strong feelings either way. I think, like you were saying um, to, to Rima and Kristen, like you took a step back um, after the season ended and kind of got a bit more positive about it. I think I got a bit more ambivalent about it um, mm-hmm. because I do think that killing off Madison was such a bad call. And I just, when I saw the headline that, can I say this? I think I can say this. That characters were coming back and it was revealed to be the characters that it was. I just thought, you know, you could have brought Madison back and made a lot of people happy and solved a lot of problems. Uh-huh. And you've not done that. And if you, whatever, you know. You know what? Um, are you talking about Daniel Sharman? Yes. You yeah, know, I think Troy. that might have been false. Yeah, I did wonder because like how... Yeah. Unless he turns up in a video at some point. I think it was only reported by one outlet and I tried to look it up the other day and couldn't find anything on it. So I, I'm not sure okay. that's actually happening. Right. I'm, I'll be annoyed if that does because Salazar yeah. at least, I don't know, it's kind of funny. It's like a bit of a who killed Kenny joke. <laughs> or like, oh my God, they killed Kenny joke. Like Salazar keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. but In different states every time too. Yeah, I know. He's like, ah, oh, hello, I'm wearing a neckerchief now and I have a scar. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Meet my cat. Um, but this, actually, this episode, I did enjoy certain aspects of it a lot. Um, other aspects I was a bit more nonplussed by. But it's just, I think this season, I wish they'd had the confidence to stick with maybe one or two of the storylines. Because I think the, the radioactive zombies is hugely interesting. But Rima, you got it bang on when you said they've timed this really poorly because everyone at the moment is particularly well versed in radioactive stuff because we've all watched Chernobyl, apart from Jason. Um, <laughs> That's why I wanted to know what, because I think um, it's clear that people who watch Chernobyl feels like this is Chernobyl light, but I haven't heard a lot of specifics about what feels off about it. I think in one of the things you'll get from watching Chernobyl is a really good basic understanding of how radiation poisoning actually works which I didn't know at all like I, I learned about it vaguely in science when I was like 13 um, and reading around it the kind of intricacies of how radiation affects you and it is, it's, it's bonkers stuff like if you're wearing the right equipment you know 
like the porous object like Morgan staff probably was more radioactive than Morgan was and you can't clean the wood like it's all like hello I'm a I have a PhD it's not in science as you can tell <laughs> um, it's it's to do with like different ways you can get exposed and things that are that will hold on to radiation for longer than others and you know you can be affected and not know it and is it worth taking any precautions or you know with Chernobyl I think the thing is people are going in completely unprepared like there's a whole storyline about firemen who go in um and if you're unfortunate enough to touch one thing that's very badly affected then that's you screwed whereas other people can be right next to the source mm-hmm. but because they haven't touched something it doesn't affect them so well I feel like, isn't that kind of what they've done in the show like she knew th- that that stick had touched the toxic zed so she said well that's done you can't touch it anymore yeah i think they did I think they I think you're right in that they did kind of verbalize it but I just feel like the the evidence and the urgency isn't there because like nobody knows what on earth she's talking about so they're all just kind of like yeah okay I'll have a shower and then it's like oh we ran out of water sorry Alicia I guess you're just radioactive now like it's um I, I feel like the the stakes aren't super high Mm -hmm. with it and they should be because it should be the scariest thing there but i just feel like it's not been rendered very well it's weird because i have not seen chernobyl and what i got from that storyline is don't touch anything these zeds have touched or you're gonna die and Mm -hmm. one they one group of people didn't realize that let them on fire the toxic smoke went everywhere killed everyone so it's a huge deal and you better stay away that's what i got from it you just wonder how long these characters are going to retain that knowledge for because Alicia clearly <laughs> didn't learn that like going on the radio was not a good idea. <laughs> so. She, I mean, Alicia, when she went in attacking them, she told yeah. uh, Morgan later, I knew what I was doing, but I did it anyway, like almost like admitting yeah. she was just kind of nihilistic about it. I think it's funny because I, I like, I actually really liked that episode when I looked back on it. It was kind of met at the time, but I'm like, the actress who played Grace was great. And the, the kind of simplicity this sort of it's almost like a a video game of like there are 63 people wearing these tags once we have found them all we have eliminated that threat and i was like well that's as story writing goes that's kind of cool that's like an aim an objective you know maybe you realize that the final one was you or something like that but you know it's it's it had some stakes but they just seem to have glossed over it this week Mm. and i'm a bit confused about that i can't believe i forgot that in my massive list of everything that's happening i'm like oh yeah and everyone's radioactive now so that's fun (laughs) (laughs) well anything else you want to say about the whole series so far or season so far Um, i'm a little confused about uh joan calamezzo and her brother i.e sarah and wendell and charlie are they just recurring this season or are they still main characters because they kind of turned up in episode one and then didn't no one's really spoken about them or knows where they are at the moment because I got the impression at the start of this episode that some time had passed. I just thought it was weird that nobody was like, wow, I hope Sarah and Wendell are doing okay back at the denim factory or if they're still stuck on the other side of the mountain. Yeah, my sense is that they are near the denim factory and I don't know, you know, how or if they're dealing with uh, Max Hedrum. But yeah, I I think that they will the story will get back around to them at some point. But it, it does feel weird that we're not seeing them. I don't mind not seeing Charlie, but 
it's weird yeah. <laughs> not seeing the other two. <laughs> but the thing is, you need Charlie now because there are more evil children, and Charlie could be like, "Oh, I, I can tell they're evil. I know I've done it. <laughs> there, I've done that." So. But yeah, Ed, generally, season is fine. It's not as good as the first half of season four or the stuff that came before. But I'm still waiting for the really gripping stuff to come. Yeah, but it is better Hoping than the second will. half of season four. Yes. Thank God, yes. No Martha. Ugh. That's pretty much how I feel too. And this episode in particular, um, I liked it better on second watch as usual. I should probably just not even bother saying that anymore. Just yeah. <laughs> if, it, if I don't like it better on second watch, I'll, I'll say it. But uh, the thing about this episode is it, it featured John Dory and mm-hmm. he's a great character and Garrett Dillahunt is a great actor. So appealing in the way that he plays that character. So having an episode focused on him really does a lot for me that made it elevated above most episodes of the show. So I liked it. I think it. so. And they put him in his like maximum environment. Yeah. Well, which Around I think really shooting helped. Skills. Yeah. Oh, just incredible. Yeah. And they're in Texas. So why not? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, part of me was like this episode in some, like the bits with John and June and Dwight, in some ways it was like one big wink to the camera. And I'm fine with that. Like that, yeah. that to me, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Fuck it. Let's do it. Right. Whereas the bits in bit the bits in between it i'm like what 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 what's happening is alicia right. what like anyway yeah. you gotta <laughs> have that okay fine fuck it let's do it attitude with this yeah. show to to appreciate exactly. it so that's where we are people <laughs> that's where we are we're saying fuck it <laughs> so what's your number five um well i thought I'd, I, one of the things i wanted to do after i watched it for the first time this morning was go and look up what the criteria for a western are because i think obviously westerns are a huge influence on this episode so i did a little bit of research um because through my dad watching lots of western films when i was little i managed to just ignore all the qualities of what makes a western so these are a a short list of the criteria uh, of what makes a western and i think we hit almost all of them apart from the horse so (laughs) for western It tends to focus on a nomadic cowboy or a gunslinger. So I think we kind of have that, both with Dwight and John Dory. The music is a huge feature, and the music really emphasised that in this episode. There's usually a horse. Sadly, that is where we fail, because there was no horse that we know of. They're all in Alexandria. Or they're all radioactive. (laughs) They're unicorns now. Um, (laughs) There's a Stetson, uh, usually a bandana, some boots, some spurs, bandits and lawmen, which I thought was quite cool because Dwight is a bit of a bandit and John Dory says, you know, I I was a police officer, so bandits and lawmen. Um, It's set in an arid and desolate landscape with a lot of emphasis on how harsh the wilderness is at that particular point. Um, And what I really liked is... A lot of Westerns, according to my research on my trusty source, Wikipedia, are based around the idea of a crime being committed, someone being pursued, and there being some kind of vengeance. Whereas this is kind of a crime in the sense of Dwight attacking them. There's a pursuit, but it's actually forgiveness and sort of reconciliation at the end. So I just thought it was quite interesting that it took so many Western visual cues, music cues, and sort of thematic cues. And I think... I just gave in to liking it because I thought, well, if I'm going to take issue with this, then I'm really not going to enjoy this episode at all. So I'm just going to let go and be like, yep, okay, they've found a toy western town in the middle of Texas. And do you know what? That's actually probably not the stupidest proposition in Mm -hmm. the world. Um, And I thought I really liked that you got to see a bit of who John was before come back. 
And we kind of got to see that through the eyes of June, who's kind of trying to encourage him to speak, kind of get a little lighthearted about what he used to do. And the other reason why I loved the Western setting was because it had my favourite pun of all time, which is the broth L, um, which just made me laugh. A stupid amount for what was ostensibly just one tiny momentary joke. But yeah, that, that was good for me. So yeah, the Western setting is my number five. Cool. I'll just go into my my one about the western to the wild wild west mm. um yeah the whole thing about the bandana and even the horse like you see the tumbleweed that's another one by the way yes tumbleweed, tumbleweed. by and also even you see down the main street of the mm-hmm. old frontier town and there's this like bow-legged zombie in the middle <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is awesome and, yeah uh, uh you know then i loved when he uh uh June comes out and she's got a shotgun. She blasts one of mm-hmm. them and she's got a scarf over her head, which looks like a typical woman from an old West and the bandana and the scarf both make sense because there's a windstorm, which I think is probably the reason why there's a windstorm just so they could get him looking exactly. like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he goes, thank you, June bug, which totally sounds like a Western name. And it was adorable. I thought. I think June is just so into some cowboy role play. Like, she's just <laughs> loving it. I think she's in her element this episode. There's loads of moments where she's like, after he does the kind of ridiculous, um, what was the name of the shot? Hang on, I wrote it down. The San Antonio split. She's all like, whew. And I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, weird. I mean, can't blame you. Like, <laughs> right. And then uh, John, John does plant his boot on the ground. It looks like a cowboy getting off his horse but instead mm-hmm. the door opens and he gets out, out of, of his car yeah. yeah and and then the whole trick shooting thing and i we knew before that he was a trick shooter uh in his previous exactly. life but now we get more of uh flesh that out a little bit and uh, it's such a perfect thing for somebody to thrive post za exactly and it's it's, ex- it's explicable nonsense like that's mm-hmm. the thing is it's nonsense but it's like you say, they laid the groundwork. They said yeah. in, right when they introduced him, he used to work at, uh, well, he used to volunteer at a kind of hokey Western thing and he was a sharpshooter and blah, blah. And I just was like, do you know what? Let, let's just let them have this. Yeah. This is fine. Dude, <laughs> like, I mean, those people exist. There's trick shooters. Yeah. And, and those, there were, what you said about his boot planting and things, there were so many shots in this that were really beautiful kind of western style shots of like you know seeing an enemy on the distance through someone's legs like that kind of thing mm-hmm. was just really awesome and know and <laughs> kind of stuff like and that i have to give a shout out to the fact that the <laughs> the place i now live on the prairies did actually uh, have a problem about a couple of months ago with tumbleweed so it does happen <laughs> <laughs> it was in the local news i was like tumbleweed in town yeah gonna go and take a picture uh, we haven't had we haven't had a dust storm yet though so can't there was somebody in england who came to visit america and then had a tumbleweed shipped back to her hometown just so she could <laughs> roll it around <laughs> out there <laughs> it was probably my grandmother i don't know <laughs> so with the trick shooting i liked june asked what's fanning and he says cowboy mm-hmm. fiction and i'm like i know i've heard that term because i think Roland Deschain does it in the Dark Tower series, The Gunslinger. Yeah. And uh, so I looked it up and it said on Wikipedia, fanning is 
a revolver shooting technique in which one hand holds the trigger and the other hits the hammer singularly or repeatedly without any part of the cocking hand remaining in contact with the revolver or support hand. This rotates the cylinder and fires the weapon, allowing for the rapid firing of single action revolvers. This technique Ooh. is used extensively in fast draw exhibitions. So this says it's real. I mean, he says fiction. Maybe he's just not able to do it. But uh, I think it was it was about John coming back to himself a bit this episode as well because he's yes, kind of been a bit sure. bummed out hasn't he? He's yeah. been a bit like I think he calls the zombies sons of bitches and I was like John that's really harsh for you like in an earlier <laughs> episode okay? um, and I like that June kind of teases that fun side out of him again because yeah. he's not up for talking about all the tricks and he just wants to keep his eye on the prize whereas June is more like you know, tell me about this. You right. know? And it, it pays off because by the end, he's kind of come back to himself a little. Yeah, it's like the self-actualized version of John Dory. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's this whole San Antonio split. And I kind of figured when June opened the weapons cabinet by picking the lock instead of letting John shoot it open with what he said was his last round, that having oh. one bullet left would be critical sometime later in the episode because one less bullet and he wouldn't have been able to do that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into that because no, it's fun to think of it. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah. it is his signature weapon that he uses to do it, isn't it? It's his... Um, the. I don't know if it was the handgun. Wasn't it her gun? But still, it's like... Oh, it might have been, yeah. You could say that, you know, they would have needed to use one less bullet. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into that. But um, anyways, he's all, raise your axe blade towards me. And then he <laughs> Dwight's like, does no, it. Kill me. And, I don't know. I just got shot in the shoulder. I can't do it. <laughs> and then he does it. And, you know, I actually think this is the part of the whole Old West thing that's the hardest for me to uh, accept because I think it's really corny and... Mm-hmm. When I'm like, yeah, right, come on. And so one of the listeners says this actually can happen, but even he acknowledges, I'm sure if if this is possible, you got to set it up with the angles and everything, you know? Oh, but not with like gammy little Dwight going, yeah. I can't do it my ex. And, and this, <laughs> I mean, I would be running towards him, not like, okay, I'm going to try this thing that I was only ever successfully able to do one time. <laughs> Or I might be like, Dwight, just get the fuck up. Like, <laughs> All right. Push him off like you always do, idiot. Push him off, you dingbat. <laughs> Don't sit there crying. I'll shoot you. He who, he who falls behind gets left behind, mate. Like, yeah, a better plan may have been to just like shoot Dwight somewhere non-essential <laughs> just to get him moving. I believe that's called uh, to shade someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> shoot his ear off or something. Yeah. Oh, it's anyway, funny. that's it. <laughs> so westerns um yeah that's i mean I, should i go to number four sure yeah is, yeah is that yeah cool Please. um okay i will go for dwight i guess um i was kind of sad that dwight came back because i liked leaving dwight on a note of hope the way we did in the walking dead you know he was going off to find sherry and i was sort of fine with never knowing what came of that i'd like to hope that he found her Mm -hmm. so to see him again and he just sort of i was trying to describe it um earlier he sort of reminds me of like a bedraggled feral cat who you like find and you're like come on come inside and he's like no i don't want to i don't deserve love like basically skid mark (laughs) skid mark in human form um pock mark i'd call him yeah pock mark (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'll edit that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get lots of angry letters in from former saviors like look that just wasn't cool man um 
I thought it, it was nice. I always thought Austin, I remember talking on podcasts about really liking Austin Emilio. Um, and that stands. I think he gives a really good performance, but it ties into another one of my points, actually. I think having Dwight translated into fear is interesting. Like, he looks different. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's seeing. I'm kind of used to Morgan now in the sort of fear universe. But to have Dwight there, it's it's sort of. I don't know, it's like tapping on the glass a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, there is another kind of broader picture here that we're not really getting. But I thought Dwight's introduction was sweet. I thought that his resonance with John and June made complete sense. I think they're kind of in a bit of a storytelling dead end here because I don't think Dwight can find Sherry because I think that would just be too coincidental and and happy. But this show, you never know. Yeah, and then because I'm just like, oh, that would suck. But then I'm like, yeah. but then Dwight will just be fucking miserable. I, I don't think and he's they miserable will all the time anyway. Right, yeah. Like he'll have to figure out how to live without her. I loved the idea of her leaving these notes for him, and I really liked how they reintroduced him, kind of unconscious. Um, and John's going through, so you get Dwight's story without him having to like. He does elaborate it later, but we get enough hints that even if he hadn't, we could kind of work it out. I was like, okay, he's on some kind of like wife treasure hunt um and yeah it was it was really interesting to me to just see Dwight pulled into this new completely new um frame of reference so yeah I don't know what did you how did you feel about Dwight coming back well I'm in this sort of eh, okay fuck it fine attitude yeah. so <laughs> because you know Morgan already was a little crazy and then to have um Dwight also is just ridiculous but we've also yes. seen daniel several times so okay fine <laughs> yeah don't worry about coincidence file it into the department of suspension of disbelief so once that's taken care of um yeah i'm 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 open to it i really like uh, austin emilio as an actor and uh dwight the character has never been one of my favorites but he's not one of my least favorites either he's he's all mm. right so um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely open to see what what they're going to do with him, and I think it would be more interesting now that we're talking about it if he didn't mirror John's story because I think I heard one of the showrunners say Dwight is sort of you could see him as what John may have turned out like if he never found June, more of like a bedraggled yeah. cat, you know. <laughs> it is. It's there's just something about Dwight that's so pitiable. Like there's something about him that's just really this world has yeah. chewed him up and spat him out, and he hates himself so much like he he's really in quite a dark place and but i don't think that's i can believe that like i think he always has been i think from the first episode where we meet him with daryl there's been that kind of self-hatred to him um and it was just very interesting to see that kind of just that sort of misery up against the kind of relentless positivity of john and june i just thought it was it was a nice kind of dynamic there yeah Exactly. Like one thing I thought was really interesting about this episode is he comes in ready to kill. Where is she? Shooting at him. And you find out later it's because they're in the car that he thinks is associated with her. So I guess it sort of makes sense. But I love, you know, June knocks him out. And I love that John assesses Dwight as he's unconscious. He's nervous. He's desperate to yeah. find this woman. He needs our help. He's very calm and measured and has this generous assessment for a guy that was yeah. just shooting at you and could have killed you. And I think that's a great thing about John as well is he doesn't, this is what differentiates him a bit from Rick, I think, yeah. sometimes, is 
John seems a bit simple and slow, but he's not. He's really observant. Like that in those moments, he's, he's like, yeah, actually, yeah. He's like, oh, I picked up all these things by looking at him. Whereas if that had been Rick Grimes, like, yeah, Dwight would mm-hmm. be like, well, dead by now. <laughs> and you know, if this kind of a thing happened on The Walking Dead, and we, the audience, didn't know Dwight, we didn't know his story. It was just some guy coming in shooting at them. We'd be screaming mm-hmm. to kill him too. Because oh, yeah, that's 100%. how the audience is <laughs> for that show. And we're in a we're in a really unique position as well, I realise. One of the things that's nice about the crossover is we've got this sort of insider knowledge because we know Dwight that he is telling the truth. Which yeah. is a nice thing because with you know, the whole thing is, you know, we meet a stranger. Are they for real? You know, do they really know what's happening? So it's kind of nice to see Dwight kind of struggle with that a little bit the way that he answers the questions is quite interesting because they're like what's your name and he pauses and goes dwight it's like he's deciding to tell the truth in that moment because his only thing is that he's got to get to that car he's never been very shifty he's just no he's just a bit yeah he's not the i I don't think he's the sharpest you know (laughs) morgan stick in the katana box like but he has some redeeming features but he doesn't believe that he does and I think it's quite interesting where, you know, you see it's kind of cheesily done at the end, but they're like, can you show us when he says that he's been held back by the roadblocks? And it's like, not anymore, because not for long, because we're a group and groups are stronger together. And I'm like, yeah, OK, we get it. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, in Morgan's case on The Walking Dead, his character had plenty of development just because Lenny James is so damn good. But there's so many mm-hmm. characters on that show that people don't get that many lines except for a few and so for for Dwight and Austin Emilio it's uh, a definite benefit and Morgan too Lenny James too to come over to Fear the Walking Dead because there's way less sure. characters and so you get more lines and more and somebody was saying I, I think it was Rima said didn't Dwight have more lines this episode than he had in all of the Walking Dead so now yeah. we're going to get to see his character developed and I, I do think he's interesting enough to see oh maybe they'll do something cool with him I think so. And Dwight was another example of, to segue briefly into sort of Walking Dead comic book talk, he was kind of screwed over by having Daryl as a character in the same way that Tyrese sort of was, because as we all know, Daryl is uh, not in the comic books. So having him as Rick's right-hand man kind of disrupts the flow a little bit. And a lot of people thought that Dwight and Daryl at one point were the same character, like they were going to merge. There was a lot of trolling with the sort of angel wing vest and things like that. I mean, the first comic that Dwight was in, Daryl had already been established as a great character because Dwight didn't appear in the comic until later. And so the first comic he was in, the cover showed a crossbow. And that was just Kirkman teasing everyone that he was going yeah. to finally bring Daryl into the comic. For more on our thoughts on Kirkman, see the episode that was published <laughs> yeah. earlier today. I'm like, I love Kirkman. But um, yeah, we love him. We love you, Robert. Please keep listening. Um, yeah, it's interesting because Dwight, I think, never in the show quite got the role that he'd had in the, the comics as well because of... Um, Oh no! What's Stephen Ogg's character? Gap? No, Simon. not Gavin. Simon. Yeah. So I think Dwight didn't get the space to develop that he mm. does in the comics. So yeah. having, and I think the showrunners as well pick actors who they want to see more from or think can develop well. And I think Austin Emilio and, and Lenny James are two actors who exactly what you've said if given the room to grow and develop a bit um we'll make a really good job of it so in that sense i'm just sort of like oh dwight's here now okay cool it just wasn't yeah i don't know we'll see how it goes in a couple yeah. of episodes we'll the one thing goes. i did want to i did want to ask you 
have Morgan and Dwight ever spoken before? Am I being really dense? As far as I can recall, they have not, but they've probably been in the same, you know, yeah, on the screen at the same time, but not had dialogue together. So they're aware of each other. And okay. what I loved about Dwight the most in this episode was the reunion with Morgan because mm-hmm. he's all Dwight. And then Dwight takes a step back. And to me, that step back meant... I don't know how he's going to deal with me because I hate myself and I did bad things and and he might not want me back. And also, last time I saw him, wasn't he kind of a psycho? (laughs) Yeah, that was the thing. I was like, I'm all like, whoa, you know, this is so dramatic, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Dwight might be like, oh, shit. I'm like, that that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But then it was lovely. Morgan's like kind of excitedly, we came from the same place and saying we and then. Uh, it was like lumping them together and then he goes you take 20 and Dwight's all the 85 and I laughed at that and Morgan makes it clear you know I don't need to hear your backstory this is we're all making you know starting anew here which I thought was kind of nice Dwight was exiled before Morgan decided to leave wasn't he Dwight was exiled like shortly after they captured Negan so right after the war yeah exactly so I think yeah no it makes sense I think the reunion bit was done well, I just hope we don't go down the storyline of like something weird starts happening and suddenly Dwight and Morgan suspect one another because of things in the past. Like it would be good if we could just yeah. skip that. I don't. Know? Yeah, just, hopefully they won't go that way. Hopefully not. But you never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> what was your number four? Well, I'll talk a little bit more about Dwight. We've covered most of it, but I think one of the more interesting things about having Dwight in this episode was how John reacted to it and how he assessed him when he was unconscious. But then when he woke up, even he's really good at coaxing the truth out of him. Like, come on, who are you looking for? It's only polite. Mm -hmm. He's just so disarming (laughs) in this gentle way. And And when you consider that, you know, Dwight's been dealing with friggin' Negan for like, you know what I mean? It's that, yeah. Yeah, it's such a different approach. And when I do panels at Walker Stalker, I still get nervous before most of them. And But I thought about the second time I did a panel with Garrett Dillahunt backstage. He, he just looked at me and goes, I'm glad it's you. <laughs> it was that same kind of... I have never been more jealous right. of another human being <laughs> oh, in get my all life. warm inside. Jason, um, you're canceled. Shut up. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. And... Uh, the only other thing is, uh, well, two more things. So when the whole thing with Dwight coming in and being antagonistic and, you know, there's kind of a shootout and everything with June and John, it reminded me of when superheroes meet in comics, they often fight because of a misunderstanding. And then over the course mm-hmm. of the issue, realize they're on the same side and calm down because it's exciting. Yeah. And I think they, they did a cool thing there where Dwight, it wasn't even so much that he was against them, it's just he re, he was just driven so by his own thing. Like after they'd kind of met in, um, after he'd woken up and they'd gone out onto the roof, because um, when he jumps, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, Dwight. But then I was like, he's actually blinkered because all he wants to do is get to that car. Yeah. And I I've, I actually wrote in my notes, why doesn't Dwight just explain that? And I think it's, he's... <laughs> he thinks that they did something to Sherry, maybe because that's the car in there in it and she's nowhere around i think that will be in the back of his mind and i think he's also probably scared of them denying him it it's like admitting it's like it made me think of ezekiel going to get the cinema poster it's like i don't want to tell other people because they might think it's stupid Mm. and talk me out of it or try and get in my way or slow me down and i did kind of understand that motivation because i agreed with what you were saying about um earlier 
the first episode with Kristen where the kids are like, you don't know where you've landed, do you? And it's like, well, no, please tell me. And they're like, you'll find out. Right. And it's like, I hate that. could I just have like a name? Like, <laughs> it would well, be good now, to know. Yeah, it's a little, maybe makes a little more sense since those kids are satanic. But um, oh. <laughs> um, I mean, there is a point when he's in the car. He didn't find a note. He's looking at his gun ready to kill himself. Uh, June is trying to talk him out of it where he says, you don't know me. I... I was ready to kill you just because I thought you might have something to do with, uh, you know, Sherry being missing or something like that. So yeah, he did mention something about that. Um, he did. And I think the other thing that you've just reminded me of that I really enjoyed was um, June's kind of tough love approach, because I find this really interesting. And in one of the things I've had to do over the years is, is train as a mental health first aider. So technically I can talk people down from things. Mm. I mainly just talk at them until they stop, which I don't think is what the training taught us how to do. Um, but you can do the qualification in North America as well, and it's really interesting and worth doing if you work with people. But what interested me about the way that June spoke to Dwight when, you know, the underlying thing is that he's kind of unhinged, he's possibly suicidal, is that John was really going for the the kind of soft understanding whereas I think June went for a bit more for the tough love which is actually what Dwight needed at that moment was for someone to kind of say like wake up you know what I mean like she wasn't mean she wasn't like you're a piece of shit get over it she was like yeah I mean she wasn't even she was just saying you know if Sherry bothered to write all these notes for you then you shouldn't give up like Exactly. Whereas John was like, oh, no, we don't, no, no, just say nice things. <laughs> She's like, I mean, no. I thought that was pretty nice, actually. I think so. And I just think it was a different, I think it was nice. It was more direct. It was what was needed. Like, yeah, you think you don't deserve love. That was like sometimes, uh, especially in real life, not so much in TV, but in real life, people don't speak to truth like that because they don't want to have to deal with the exactly. person's emotions that might come out. But it was what he needed to hear. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I think John and June in that sense are great foster parents because they're a good combination <laughs> mm-hmm. of the two. But yeah, poor Dwight. He's a wee soul, as we say in Scotland. Last, what is it? A wee soul. Uh-oh. It's just like, oh, they're a wee soul. Yeah. It just means they're a bit kind of... grow. Maybe. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be okay. So the last thing, just I liked that in the heat of, you know, trying to save their lives together, Dwight says, there's more walkers. And John's like, what'd you call them? oh that was amazing i have a note about this it's i love that it's become like it's like a linguistic shorthand from which part of america you come from now it's like what do you call them because at that point i was like i wonder if that's triggering in john's mind like that's what morgan yes i'm sure it is it is i and i love that fear calls them different things still like i love that they haven't just gone over to walkers i love the past although i always get confused because i think they're saying the past is in like p-a-s-t and i'm like what that's very abstract and i'm like oh the past oh are they saying that i didn't even hear that one i mean they, when the series started yeah. they called them infected i think and yeah. now they just say the dead a lot of the time which i that's my favorite actually i think the uh the john showed something like a drama of the past and i was like mm. oh that's so abstract john and i'm okay. like oh no he means it's the kind people of who have passed from this earth yeah the past um, they used to yeah. be people <laughs> yeah exactly i'm like oh hmm. <laughs> so no i like that too thought that was cool number three number three i'm gonna go for actually this follows on it was what i was kind of getting at with the dwight point the tone of the show and the tone of the walking dead are 
really different. Um, having Dwight come over in this episode got me really thinking about that because one of the things I believe at this point is that fear is going to be used to kind of catapult us into the Rick Grimes movies. I just have a feeling that it's going to start putting us on that track with the, you know, the three circles and Althea being gone. I just have this feeling that in some way that's what it's starting to move towards, that the shows are maybe starting to move towards each other a little more. Mm. I mean, obviously the massive like cast members passing over as well adds to that. I mean, I feel like it's with the movies... I don't know if I'm right, but it'll probably have to be the kind of thing where you can go into the movies fresh and still appreciate them. But whatever's happening in the two shows will just better inform the story, create a bed for it or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I think we're definitely going to see the the roots of where Rick is going to end up and probably leave the door open so that Lenny James can appear. Because I was like, well, obviously it's Rick and Morgan. They have to be together at the end. I feel like Michonne might be in there too, that... Might, oh, Michonne has to be. It'll be right? six years she later. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they could successfully end it without Rick and Michonne being back together. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but the the tones of the shows are quite different. I thought it was really interesting to see Dwight because one of the things that really struck me was when they're examining him when he's he's knocked out. They're kind of taking stock of this new stranger and they talk about his burn. And Jean says, "Do you think he had that before?" And uh, John Dory kind of shakes his head. And I just thought to myself, it's so interesting to see Negan's acts of sadism and cruelty through the lens of a show that is generally more optimistic, maybe? I don't know. I don't think either show is super optimistic. But I think this season is more, yeah, focused on doing something beyond just surviving. Yeah, and I thought that's so interesting to see that darkness against this. And it makes me think, well, we're fucked in fear then because it looks like things are going to go real downhill because of the psycho children. But anyway, um, (laughs) I thought that was quite interesting. I thought Dwight's reactions as someone who's been basically abused, who's been, you know, in a situation where he's been kind of beaten down in this new dynamic were were really interesting. Um, The two shows are different they're they're not the same thing but it interests me when we're forced to confront the ways in which they are different and that was that was a big one for me was considering that kind of the way that people are treated and even having him and morgan meet at the end there i thought was really um really impactful in that sense i mean it to me it's crucial that these shows differentiate themselves Oh, definitely. They are in that it's a smaller cast, which is great. And also, yes, that they have this new mission, which the jury's kind of out on how satisfying that's going to be. But so far, I do Mm -hmm. like that they've been really unsuccessful at it so far. That makes it more interesting. But (laughs) even just the attitude of of we're going to really turn all this pain and misfortune and everything into something good is interesting. It's different anyway. It is interesting. And I think with Dwight, um, I found his explanation of kind of his sad stories since leaving them well he didn't say since i left the main show but you know he's like since i crossed <laughs> over from the walking dead um i thought that was it was interesting to see that kind of journey and him talking about finally starting to see it and wanting to make it right he talks about making it right and that's kind of a recurring theme this season is this idea of making amends for what you've done in the past and i like that i thought that works pretty well um on a kind of superficial level, I think Dwight's scar has changed a little bit, having moved between shows. And it's interesting to see him in the more muted colours because mm-hmm. I think it makes him look more 
drawn and kind of ghostly um being in that kind of muted fear palette rather than the kind of more yeah. comic booky colors in in the main show but it just it it interests me because to me it seems like the shows are starting to be on parallel tracks that are maybe starting to merge together a little bit but who knows and um, i think they're they're still it pleased me to think about the differences between them at that point i thought this is quite an interesting mm-hmm. way of conceiving of the two of them yeah man the more the more different the better as far as i'm concerned as long as you can be different without sacrificing quality then go exactly. for it exactly and dwight mentioned just in passing he says that sherry seems to have been going straight for texas ever since Georgia. So it's quite interesting. I was just like, oh, interesting that you mentioned Georgia. But I mean, I know it's probably just geographically the logical place to mention, but I'm just like, is that setting up for some other kind of Georgia-specific revelation? Because that's kind of where it all started for uh, for Rick and for Morgan. So yeah, I guess we'll see. Okay, well, since you mentioned Sherry, that actually goes into mine, my number three pretty well because it's about deservingness. That was a theme of the episode. Dwight, not sure he deserves to find Sherry. June mentioned she'd question whether she deserved John, and that's why she ran at first. And John questioning whether he deserves June. And mm-hmm. so first with John, he says to June, I've been questioning what I have and why I deserve it when I can't share it with anyone, which echoes kind of something he'd said, I think, in the season premiere about we're we're mm-hmm. really lucky, but... I don't know if we'll be able to share that luck with anybody else. And he seems to be ashamed of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But he's saying, but by doubting it, I'm taking away from you and from me. Neither one of us wants that. And I really identified with that because uh, this might be a little TMI, but in relationships when I was younger, I used to always question whether I deserved it. And then that killed it eventually (laughs) because I'd be like, John, you're a sad sack and you're like, I need validation all the time and you got to love yourself before you can really love anyone else very well. And so Indeed. hopefully we're seeing John yeah, step into that self-actualized version of himself that June just knows he could be and vice versa. And it's really, her. it taps into the core of like poor sort of thoughts that we have in terms of mental health and depression, anxiety. It's that feeling of even when something is good, you can't enjoy it because it might go away mm-hmm. or it might, you know what I mean? Or and you think it, you, you don't deserve it. Like exactly. uh, uh, this is happening to me, but they don't know the real me or something like that. Exactly. Know? And it's interesting to see John kind of combat that by seeing it in Dwight, who's just like, ah, kill me. I'm a piece of shit. Kill me. <laughs> it's, um, it's yeah. yeah, it's an interesting kind of, I mean, in some ways John's like, well, could be worse, but no, I, I totally agree. I, I like that interpretation of it, that it does give you that sort of self-actualization and feeling of peace with it. Yeah. And makes June just want to kiss him. Yeah. <laughs> and so Dwight, he, he's talking about the bad things he've done he's done and we see that in fact one of the scenes that stands out in my mind the most and i think it was a great scene i actually don't remember if i'm remembering it right but with dwight is in the walking dead is when he was going around harassing different people in the name of negan and then he would take the things that he took from them and make this perfect like pre- sandwich. pre-apocalyptic sandwich <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that looked so good and it was like shot with light gleaming off of it and everything I was just imagining him pressing play on Easy Street. He's like, I've done terrible things. It's like, we're on Easy Street. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, seeing the letter from Sherry, uh, Mm -hmm. I I went back and got the text of the first letter. And I'm going to read it. It's a little bit long, but it kind of 
informs this. So she goes, D, we always said that if we get separated, I should come back here and wait for you. You'd show up with beer and pretzels. Remember that? I know you probably don't. You always said that when we started dating, you forgot to tell me you had a shitty memory. I used to get frustrated by it, knowing you wouldn't remember those good days, those special days. I felt bad for you. I remember you said there was so much you wanted to hold on to and then it'd be gone, but you're lucky you don't remember things, D. I wish I could wait for you now, but I don't know if you'd come with me or if you'd take me back there or you'd kill me. You didn't want to live in that world and I made you. I did what I did because I didn't want you to die, but now you've killed and you've become everything you didn't want to be and it's my fault. You were better than me. Most people are. I let Daryl go because he reminded you of who you used to be and I wanted to let you forget. I don't think I'm going to make it out here, but you're wrong. Being there isn't better than being dead. It's worse. I hope you realize that. I hope you get away. I hope you remember the good days, even just one of them, but I don't think you will. I don't think you'll ever read this. I loved who you were. I'm sorry I made you into who you are. Goodbye, honey. <laughs> just brings up all the shit that he's been through and how he's changed. And it seemed, you know, the, the, where I feel a little critical is that seemed like a pretty definitive goodbye, not a, I, this is the first of many notes where I'm going to yeah. have you tracking me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but since she did write all, decide to write those notes, uh, yeah. that that but if you did, if you he should take that actually, as a sign. <laughs> it says, um, "Please turn over in the corner." And then if you turn it over, there's a little limerick that she's written. No, I'm joking. Once <laughs> was a guy named White. Didn't do anything right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, please it. finish that. Yeah, no, I was going to say competition. Um, I I really liked the actress who played Cherry. I was I always thought she might come back. But I know, maybe she will. I'll be I'd be I'd actually I was thinking to myself, do you know what? We're so far down the rabbit hole. If she turns up in fear, I'm fine with it because <laughs> I did I really liked that actress, and I was like, oh, yeah. it would be quite nice if she got some time on screen um, again and didn't just kind of disappear off into the night. I mean, but. I hope so because I like the actress and I liked even her interaction with. Dwight, but uh, I hope not because it would too much mirror John and June. So I'm kind of conflicted about it. It could be like the dirty John and June, like John and June are all like, "Ooh, let's play gun games." And Dwight and Sherry are getting up to like really messy stuff. <laughs> Everyone's like, <laughs> "Show me your trick shots." <laughs> Meanwhile, in the SWAT tank, it's like, "Guys, don't go in there." And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." Oh, number two. Uh, number two, I don't want this to be my number one, so I'll make it my number two. It's the evil children. Yeah. Exclamation mark. Um, eh, my main <laughs> note that I've written is I am confused. Um, and then also I wrote uh, <laughs> this is I got a bit like wild by the end of this. I was like, what's happening? I've written, the van is wrapped in guts. What the fuck? This can only end badly. And then I've written in block capitals, they've all literally fallen for this before. Charlie, where are you? Because they have, it's literally the same <laughs> right. thing. It's like, and we if got a Charlie was this there. Episode too. Literally, I just feel like it's the one scene where I'm like, I wish Charlie was here because I bet Charlie would be like, oh, this is bullshit. I could, he's doing all my tricks. I'll tell you, you know, like this is stuff that You're I right. know. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking about this storm. Like, didn't we have a storm last season? So they're yeah. reusing the shit. But anyway, sorry. I think, given what we've seen of the little kid, who I think is called Dylan. It's Dylan or Max. I think it's Dylan. I think Max is the, the older one, yeah. Yeah, Max is the older Who's... I was gobsmacked. That's Sam's brother? Yeah, the actor, yeah. That's so funny. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, 
I think Dylan will crack. I don't think Dylan's strong in the way that the two older kids are. But neither was Charlie. I think Charlie cracked after a certain point, didn't she? Or she felt guilty or something. I don't know. Anyway. All I know is she should just die. Yeah, all (laughs) I know is that she shot Nick. Why? Um, I, yeah, I just, I hope... I hope it's not prolonged, whatever this is, because I'm just a bit like, yeah, we've kind of done this before. Secretly evil child. Um, I What I gathered from their kind of cryptic conversation was they are putting up the roadblocks, but we're not sure why they're doing that. They do want to speak to Alicia, Morgan and everyone because they want to find out who took Althea and then they're going to take Alicia and the gang out, supposedly. That's the plan. Well, what they say, Max says to his sister, Dylan's going to figure out why they're really here, who took their friend, and then we're going to make sure they never, never bother us ever again. Which, yeah, that, I mean, that does sound like they're going to try and hurt them, but it could just mean get them away, or you could interpret that different ways. Like, on the scale of, like, not to murdery, I'd say it's quite murdery, but yeah. I just, just to me, I really get the vibe that, they're trying to do something that really irritates me in shows where they take these people who have a sensible motivation to try and protect themselves, but try to make them seem evil to make it more interesting, kind of like the others in Lost a little bit. Yeah. And and yeah. really, they're more like the Kevin McAllister's of the zombie apocalypse. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you get to the campsite and it's just like fake cutouts of people and Christmas music. And they're like, wow, it's so well populated. And a bunch of marbles <laughs> on the floor or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you kids. <laughs> I thought it was going to be to do with the, the creepy camp. I was like, oh, the kids have set up a feral Lord of the Flies. I, I mean, my imagination <laughs> clearly got away with me at this point. I was like, oh, the kids have set up like a Lord of the Flies-esque camp in Sleepaway Camp. And that's what's going And I'm like, nope, Sleepaway Camp's to do with the radioactive stuff. So I'm a little... So they're not part of a bigger group? It could be. Like, oh, fuck. Who knows? I mean, um, to me, it really right, yeah. does seem like they've been threatened. And so they're just trying to protect themselves and yeah but the thing the weird thing is the zombie roadblocks they're setting up is creating a perimeter that actually seems to be keeping people inside this heart-shaped perimeter when they're yeah. saying they want to get rid of them will kind of funnel them out maybe or something i don't know because i actually really like the cold open i liked seeing the kind of i like i like when the show does something about the passage of time that's a bit novel and tells you quite a bit and i thought well having them mark these things off and sort of giving us a sense of where they are geographically that's pretty cool but now i'm like so these three kids are running around putting these up like two steps ahead of them the whole time and i'm also like that is some intricate work that they're doing Mm -hmm. like what if they got like a lacrosse pole and they're like poking the zeds onto I don't know. Anyway, so that, to me, I'm a bit like, mm, I hope this gets resolved soon because I'd mm-hmm. much rather find out what's happening with Althea than be engaged in this. Yeah. I'm just like... Well, here's what I thought was interesting about it is at first I was sort of... Uh, the, the whole tied up zombies as a roadblock, I thought, man, that is just so much like the saviors. We've seen this. I am so bored with this. And even in this episode, John and June get out and they're like going to go kill, kill the zombies one by one that are blocking the road. And then someone starts shooting at them. So they get back in their car and just blast right through it. No problem. So it's like, oh, well, I guess it's not a problem. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, that worked out well. So, so when it turned out to be the kids at the end, um, 
it, it was a twist and and I was like, okay, cool, this is different, you know, Kristen it makes them more Hal, interesting. Kristen Hal called it in episode one of this podcast. Oh, what did she say? <laughs> she did. She was like, Oh, those kids I can't remember exactly what she said, but she, she didn't nailed trust it. Them. She was like she was like, I don't trust them. They're the ones probably doing it. And I was oh like, my god, that's hilarious. I, know. I don't remember <laughs> I like, that. Oh man. I was like, Good Kristen, you're a goddess. Um, awesome. But the, you think we were talking specifically about the clicking heads, which I think you you came back at, and I think you were right with the kids can't be doing the heads because they're like too high up, and there's like loads of them. And I'm like, yeah. So I'm also now like, so do we also have the mystery mm-hmm. of the clicky heads? Is that also something? I really hope not. I think. I mean, <laughs> I hope the kids found a way to do that. Although it did happen really fast too. Um, yeah. But I. I, I think what they're saying, my guess now, is that all this stuff, the board with the nails on it, the tied up zombies, and the heads are all, all the kids. And they also don't know who took Alicia, so it seems like this whole CRM group that also flew Rick away in the helicopter has nothing to do with any of this stuff. That's what I would guess. It would just be weird to have the zombie heads have nothing to do with the tied up zombies in the road when they're kind of a similar, somebody's yeah. fucking with us because they don't want us here theme. These kids are like Bobby from Queer Eye in that they can like decorate a whole area in the time that it takes people to do like one thing. <laughs> They're like, we've completely remodeled you with zombie heads in the time that it has taken you to go inside and come back out again. It's very impressive. I like that the, <laughs> the kids were wearing, like the one boy was wearing like a, a baseball mask or whatever it was. That's a good idea. I thought, yeah, I was, because the other thing is I was like, how are they managing to collect all these zombies? But they kind of answered that pretty well. They're geared up. They're wearing like full on mm-hmm. kind of hockey outfits. You you mentioned the plank with nails in it. Alicia fucking left it in the road and then was like, Morgan will catch up. <laughs> right. I was like, and Morgan's like, are you guys okay? Are you guys? And they're just ignoring him. I was like, is Alicia just secretly being like low-key evil this whole time? She's like, oh, damn it, Morgan made it. I was hoping they would explode his tire. Um, Yeah, it was a bit of an oversight, (laughs) but (laughs) hey-ho. It's funny. The kids, uh, you know, when we hear them on the walkies and um, no one of our characters has joined in on the conversation, it sounds like they're looking for food. And then when Alicia joins in, they say, they'll hear you. If we say where we are, they'll find us. Now, I guess you can't really trust anything that they've said, including any story about their parents or anything. Um, I went back to the very first episode. And when um, you saw Max and Dylan trying to shoot a deer and he uh max is teaching Dylan and Dylan says, or Max says, don't be scared. And Dylan says, I'm not scared. And, here they say the same thing and he says to max dylan's gonna be okay you don't have to be scared so there's something about fear and not being scared that i feel like is relevant to them i don't know what it is yet though yeah and i think i know what you mean about the stuff over the walkies um I think we've all just agreed that the walkies are just permanently in the Department of Suspension of yeah. Disbelief. Like they're just, yeah, we won't. They even don't work on when that. the story needs them not to work. Like this time when yeah. uh, June and John went out of range of Luciana. But it is so good that they were able to find all those batteries wherever they found them. <laughs> yeah. That was. Really- I we mean, used to have this joke when we were watching Lost about there being a shop on the island where you could get those <laughs> handy um, fire, you know, the like sticks with the cloth yeah, and the, the fire torches, brands. Yeah. Like, so good that they could just go and buy those like you'd be really fucked otherwise <laughs> those things lit up so good and just stayed lit forever and they all looked so uniform as well i'm like wow they're really making a killing um, um yeah one of the but yeah one of the like uh 
log carrying people just figured out how to make those yeah in the first episode were you a bit like of this season were you like oh it's maggie grace in a plane crash with no oh, explanation no, people said that online and i was like <laughs> would, i would never get in a plane with her <laughs> i was like guys come on did we not see what happened um, so yeah over the radio they say something about a fireworks factory and at first i was like well they've kind of given away where they are but now i'm like oh maybe they did that it was all part of the plan yeah, you can't really yeah. trust anything from them but i exactly. really do think that they're not evil and they're just misunderstood um yeah. for one thing the blockades haven't hurt anyone they're just meant to steer them so i don't know we'll see and with Dr. Morgan's 12-step recovery plan in which you become come from mad killer to reformed zen soul, they'll be absolutely fine. As soon as Morgan like, <laughs> takes them under his wing, it's going to be okay. I mean, we did see the brainwashed kids in The Walking Dead recently, that whole Michonne episode. Yeah, I think that's why I thought there was going to be like murder camp. I was like, oh, well, it's definitely <laughs> feral children. They're going right. to murder people. And now I'm like, maybe not. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm... I'm skeptical of that storyline. I mean, I did enjoy the twist because I didn't see it coming at all, even though Kristen spelled it out for me. But luckily, I have a shitty yep. memory. so <laughs> <laughs> Like Dwight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are, you, what are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, huh? <laughs> Dwight has a bad memory? We're, we're, we're talking about Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, awesome. I haven't seen it yet, I don't think. <laughs> all right. What's, what are we on? Number one? Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go for I'm gonna go for June, um, because I like the change in dynamic with her and John. Um, I agree with what you said in previous episode about um Strand having been rewritten to be a completely new character. Like the changes with his character aren't necessarily believable, but the changes in June that we see, I think, are because her relationship is so tied in with John and having John on this kind of Eeyore stretch of being like, oh, everything's the worst. Um, <laughs> why can't everyone just be happy all the time? Um, having June be more positive and sort of more playful is actually really refreshing. And I liked in this episode that she got to be everything. She got to be a badass. She got to be a bit of a damsel when John was doing all his shooting and she was like whoa <laughs> but she also got to talk sense into Dwight like she's quite a multifaceted character and I really enjoy that and I like Jenna Elfman's portrayal a lot I'll always be I what you were saying about Charlie and always looking at Charlie and seeing Nick I feel sometimes with June that I'll always look at June and think couldn't we just have had you and Madison like I feel like in some ways they were like oh middle aged blonde woman we can only have one so we're gonna go with June and I just yeah that you know that bummed me out a lot last season but I think June is growing on me more and more and I think she had a lot of good moments in this episode Um, and yeah she's uh, how should we put it she's a worthy character I think of being in the show at this point um, and she's growing on me yeah, I agree. I, she wasn't my favorite at first, but I think in part that was because she wasn't um, in her power. And now that yeah. she is, uh, I think, ah, she's awesome. <laughs> and what she says to John, um, was it last episode or this episode about him saving her? You know, she is his success story. That That's nice. I like that kind of dynamic. I'm not always keen on people having to be saved by another person, but there's something about that dynamic with the two of them that works. Mm -hmm. It is about getting people out of that dark place yeah. and seeing the kind of 
the kind of happiness in it. So yeah, I know I I thought it was a good June episode, um, and I enjoyed seeing. I think she and Garrett Dillahunt actually do have really good chemistry, um, which is always a pleasure to see on screen. Absolutely, I think it's gotten better too as as the series has gone along. And I think yes. one of the reasons why June's changes do make sense is because she originated with these writers, so th- yeah. they kind of probably had this all in mind. It is like it's like the step family, isn't it? There's like the kids from the first marriage who are like Alicia and Strand, and you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess, okay, cool. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, cool, my new family, and yay. A character <laughs> like Alicia may be a little bit easier to write than Strand because Strand yeah. is, uh, I don't know, he's more about his literary references and just more of a complex kind of a at least verbally complex person that the way he speaks really identifies him you know and so if you can't capture that then you can't get capture strand he kind of has a really similar trajectory in a not good way to Tyrion in game of thrones and being this like smart badass alley cat i can do anything and then suddenly being like i make really bad decisions all of the time and he just feels like a caricature to me now it's like yeah i used to be this person and now i'm trying to make amends and then they'll give him a line that sounds vaguely strand like but I'm not sure I believe it. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I don't have kind of faith in this anymore. I, I loved, I've just remembered the other June John thing that I loved, which was the, the soup interaction where she's teasing him like there was a brothel. And he's like, soup, it was soup. And yeah, I'm like, oh. She, she punched him and had a smile on her face in the way yeah. that I actually <laughs> experienced many times in my life. Yeah. Oh, and John, the look on June's face when John's talking about shooting the guy's finger off, just that was a tonal yeah. thing. That, oh, the, yeah. John saying, we've all done terrible things. And in Dwight's head, I'm like watching Negan throw men into fires, watching Glenn's <laughs> head get bashed in, and John's like, I shot a man's finger. <laughs> and he, and then like, he's like, but it was, a, he wasn't a very nice guy. I'm not trying to shine it yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, it was just his pinky and things like that. And uh, you can just see Dwight being like, oh God, I am the worst. And June being like, my boyfriend's the best. <laughs> 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 so I thought those two moments of uh, June and John and kind of comedy worked really well. Even if it did make Dwight probably feel a lot worse about himself. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys are so cute, aren't you? Yeah. He's like, I shot a man's finger <laughs> off. Dwight's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number one is the Department of Suspension of Disbelief, which there are qu- oh, no. quite a few entries. Don't open the door. <laughs> Don't open. Dead inside. Don't open. <laughs> the Dead first inside. one, which we won't go into, is just the San Antonio split. I think the less said about that, the better. Uh, yeah. I did I did think it would be funny if it had gone wrong and it shot Dwight instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. June's, June's like... Square in the forehead. He's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I tried. <laughs> You'd kind of wonder, what was he doing? Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry. Here's what I like, meant Let's... to happen. The, the, the bullet was going to hit the axe and then split in two and hit the two zombies. What? <laughs> June's just like... Was it fun? Have you ever done that before? <laughs> well, I did it once. <laughs> was it in a controlled environment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it with real bullets? Oh, shit. Oh, oh well. <laughs> At least we oh, didn't know the guy God. very well. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, well, R.I.P. Dwight. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, let's see. I, I, I don't want to go over ones we've already talked about. So the Gulch. Humbug Gulch <laughs> just happens to have a bunch of weapons and ammo. Come on. Every yeah. all bits of that have been looted and the places that people are gonna go are the places they know have guns and ammo. 
Yeah, I was. Part of me was like, oh, maybe nobody would think to. And I'm like, no, it fucking has yeah, a gun in the on. bloody sign. Of course they're going to go there. Like, <laughs> And yeah. how does June know how to pick a lock? That's a little crazy. Uh, women women in hair clips. Okay. We just know everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Luciana says to. Oh, Alicia, fucking Luciana. Sorry. I don't regret anything. If we can crash a plane for someone, if we can almost no. die for someone, whatever comes Jason, next. I'm gonna hit things. How bad can no. it be? What no, does that that's mean? The, that is the worst line that anyone has ever said in the sense? history of the world ever. No, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Like, there's, it's an atrocity. It's, it's like, like what I would look at her and be mean? like, oh, okay, all right, fine. I just, what the fuck? I've literally written in my notes, um, Luciana can just fuck off, to be honest. This is the dumbest shit. This well, is just the dumbest fault. shit. It's- the writers i mean but she's just like oh it honestly like that line i just sat there and i was like i I was hoping you'd explain it to me (laughs) she's like i think what she's saying is like no i I can't because there could be some really bad shit that comes next like we could be tortured uh we could die you know one of us could turn into a zombie and eat all the other ones I mean, part of me is like, what she's saying is what we're saying, which is we're all just like, fuck it, it's fine. Like, I guess so. I feel like yeah. maybe Luciana just, just checked said out. That. She's like, she's just like, you know what? I figure we're doing so much <laughs> dumb shit now that whatever happens next can't be that dumb. But they're giving her such. They really are giving Danae Garcia really terrible lines, like really, really bad lines this season. I stand by what I was saying before. The whole thing with her being so deliriously. Uh, out of her mind on pain meds that she would walk outside and almost get killed by zeds if she had acted if she had slurred her words a little bit and acted kind of out of it i would have bought that a lot more yeah she's honestly she i find her more aggravating than charlie at this point because we Mm. don't know anything about her and we should we should know her but what do we know about her we know nothing she's just a poorly written character and yeah, I think Danae Garcia is maybe phoning it in a bit and I don't mm. actually blame her because if I'd been given that script, I think I would have been like... It's yeah, hard, okay, yeah. Right. you got to have something to work with. Uh, there is a Zed walking into the wind in the storm, which looked really cool, but wouldn't Zeds like, go to the path of least resistance unless he saw something to eat? You know, Yeah, that that's a good question, actually. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. The, the Zeds looked cool this episode. Oh, yeah. They looked awesome. And that was a great visual, too, which is why they did it. Yeah. I like, There was one that actually looked a little bit like a whisperer, but it was it's obviously not a whisperer, mm-hmm. but it was just something about the way the face was and the leather jacket. It just well, looked basically, really they're all whispers. Cool. They're all wearing yeah. zom- people wearing zombie skins, as far as we know. Everyone is whispers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I don't think a zombie would struggle. I think it would go... Path of yeah, path of least resistance. Yeah, but it was a cool visual, and to see John and June seeking resh- refuge while the Zeds are left outside fighting the elements. Yeah. Uh, while Dwight is deciding whether to kill himself, there were a bunch of Zeds kind of hanging out, reaching their arms, sort of gingerly through the back windshield, but just kind of like almost like they're waving at him. Yeah. And I'm Her. like, why don't you climb through and eat him? <laughs> <laughs> They're just, Dwight's like, I'm so crappy, even the zombies won't eat me. Oh, God. No, they don't even <laughs> want me. Sherry. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> uh, and then, speaking of Sherry, I actually think it's pretty ridiculous this whole thing about her deciding to leave notes, but yet the she's completely on the move and hoping he'll find her. But, like, why don't you try staying in one place for a little while? And yeah. 
And that first note did sound like a pretty definitive goodbye. And also, I mean, the note that we saw says West on 30 and it has a registration for this new car that she got in. So that gives you an idea of how he's been able to find these notes. And he also says that he's had a lot of dead ends yet still, even with all that, I find it really hard to believe that he would be able to find all these notes how does he find I, the notes <laughs> i honestly yeah i'm completely with you on that i'm like what he's like come on baby where's it hidden and i'm like what what are you do- what if like, he can find uh, the notes he should be able to find her yeah exactly yeah. i'm just like come on dwight like let's put those brain cells to work a little bit here <laughs> like, and then i was confused at first about the car thing it, it, i don't think they presented it very well but what i what i get and you tell me if you think this is right is that sherry probably ran out of gas so she switched cars but she put the registration of the new car into the first car with a note for dwight and so he and i guess i don't know why but he thought that john and june had the new car of which the (laughs) registration that he was holding and uh, I guess he thought that because it was the same make and model or, I mean, aren't there other cars with the same make and model? Maybe sh- the color is on it or something. I don't know. It just. I can't deal with my stupid ass. I don't know. I didn't understand it. The second time I watched, I'm like, right, I'm really going to listen to what John says about the registration. I mean, I would try to any fucking sense. go into like, more detail, but I guess I don't really care enough. No, it was just I, ridiculous. I, I was like, because I don't think John is lying to make Dwight feel better because that's not John's style. No. But I was like, what is happening? He's like, oh, she got a different carbon. No. <laughs> I mean, at first we thought, oh, shit, she's one of those ones that lit the toxic radioactive zombies on fire. Now she's dead. And then at the end, yeah. there was a ray of hope because it was the wrong car. And so she may yeah. still be out there. Okay, notes. Um, I forgot in our lowdown of western stuff the whole west world piano that was cool. oh i love that yes that the was great player piano attracts the zeds such a good idea nice. as well and again within the context of a wild west playground i'm fine with that like, absolutely yeah, cool yep. okay that makes sense why not use it um i like that morgan's become kind of a life coach for people and john dory's a bit of a motivational speaker i think the two of them are gonna have a really bright future ahead of them kind of (laughs) helping people Mm -hmm. be their best selves um i really love that scene between morgan and alicia even more since i recorded the episode i don't know i just really liked it i always liked because i think we were all geared up for morgan to be next mentor but part of me at the time was like well why not alicia and i'm kind of glad that they got that chance to have that um and i like their kind of dynamic as well mm-hmm. so yeah no i think that's good i did want for a minute i really wanted just a complete fantasy dress up montage when they were going through <laughs> the room with all the costumes in it i was like come on Rootin yeah exactly i was like let's get some fun music and do this um yeah i think that's it for me i think we've covered everything yeah i mean i again i feel like all the episodes so far have just been completely disparate random things so i have literally no idea what's going to happen next like strand is still out there salazar is still out there like i think next week's episode yeah. and i'm not joking is called Skidmark. <laughs> oh god so i think it'll be back with daniel okay here's my pitch next week's episode is the apocalypse through the eyes of Skidmark's cat. <laughs> yeah. I always and thought it would be like, cool if they could manage to do a whole episode with one Zed as the focus. 
Yeah, they did it on, um, like, famously in, like, the early 90s on the Australian Soap Neighbours. They did Bouncer's Dream, which was like a golden lab just having a dream. That was the whole episode. So, Skidmark's Dream, that is what (laughs) I'm hoping for from next week's episode. Um, Any notes from you? A few. I did think that the strung up Zeds at night at the end that they encountered right before they were radioed by the kids looked really creepy and cool. Oh, they did. Yeah, the that was cool horror yeah. horror movie lighting there. I like that a lot. There was a cool Z attached to a signpost. He got he was a feature Z. Um, about halfway through the episode, it was just a scene change, and he was attached to one of the road signs. But we got a good look at his face, and I was like, oh, that's good. I like that. Nice. Good zombie work. Uh, and then last is just Sherry's notes have this infinity sign on it, and... Uh, Dwight scrawls infinity symbols too. <laughs> That's also what the belt of Alpha of the Whispers has. Oh yeah, it's got an Ouroboros. Yeah, yeah, Ouroboros. That's right. I think it's yeah. a coincidence, right? I think so. The two. Well, actually, there was an episode of Fear called Ouroboros, but they're slightly different. They're they're kind of the same, but kind of different. Like yeah. the infinity sign, whereas the Ouroboros is specifically a, a snake. The thing eating itself, eating and itself. infinity is about forever. But it's interesting because in The Walking Dead, these things tend to, you know, things recur for a reason. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe. I mean, I to me, it's a romantic thing. It's about them. Yeah. Like our our love is forever. Mm-hmm. I guess exactly yeah. forever and ever. Only until you find my next note. <laughs> maybe we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that is it. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking deadcast news update all right so entertainment weekly did a interview with showrunners ian goldberg and andrew chambliss they said where did the idea for the san antonio split come from they said we just wanted to come up with the most ridiculous unbelievable bullshit <laughs> Just kidding. Basically, we've checked out, so we just <laughs> yeah. thought, fuck it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, he said, we really wanted to see some of the origins of Dory's skills as a marksman. And we were looking, and, and, and I and I do, there was a part of me that was like, yeah, that was badass. So I have to make that clear. It was ridiculous yeah. and kind of cool. Um, and we were looking at old Wild West tricks, you know, Buffalo Bill shows and kind of things that they would do there. We even sent some riders to the Autry Museum of the Wild West out here in Los Angeles, and we found the bullet split, and it seemed like just such a fun kind of a trick that just comes up to the edge of what's possible. Uh-huh. Well, yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's something that they actually used to do at Wild West shows. We really wanted to have a trick like that, not just because it's fun and a cool way to kill walkers with one bullet, but ultimately for the emotional reason. It's John Dory embracing the person he was before the apocalypse. It's a sign that he's letting go of a lot of guilt he's feeling. And for June, she's seeing him at the same time, this side of John that she's been trying to get out of him for the whole episode. So it kind of brings them together in a new fun way. 
Yeah. You know how I, I've complained in the past? I'm like, I hate when women are used as plot devices, which I still do for the record. I hate that Dwight is here being used as a very dangerous plot device. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it could have gone horribly wrong and Dwight could have died. But yeah. John is the man he is now because of that moment. I'm like, all right, let, let's just make Dwight's self-worth just a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, in shows like this where you want to have character arcs and themes and everything. It's kind of inevitable that certain characters will serve to advance the character of other characters and, and if done well, they each get their turn kind of a thing. But I also love just like independent movies where everyone is unique and they're Mm -hmm. kind of sometimes aren't even that much of a character arc. And, uh, people who are used to these stories will watch them and go, that was weird. And I'm like, but yeah. it seems so real. And it was yeah. entertaining. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't know what I got from right. that, but exactly. it was different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So then they say, what can you say about these kids, Max, Annie and Dylan, who are t- uh, tying the zombies up in the road and trying to pull a fast one on Alicia and company? What are we pull doing? a fast one? Oh, what pranksters! <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. laughs> those precocious little kids. Those little kitties. He he goes he goes. They're full of surprises. There's a lot more story to tell with those kids. Why are they so intent on getting rid of these people? They say a surprising reason, and it's probably not what anyone's thinking. I'll say that. Well, I'm thinking that it's that they're not bad guys, and they're just trying to protect themselves. So I'm thinking we'll that they are the secret children of Luciana and the governor and that's why it has happened because at this point anything could happen so fuck it (laughs) that would be awesome oh no 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 sorry i take that back skidmark is their leader (laughs) daniel salazar is like fagin of the apocalypse and he's like got this band of kids and he's like you will go out and cause trouble and skidmark is like the rogue enemy yeah Yeah, because skidmark is actually an alien and he caused the zombie apocalypse plus he can mentally control uh latinos (laughs) and he speaks spanish (laughs) (laughs) all right so next insider.com interviewed austin emilio who plays dwight I say, I want to rewind the clock back a bit because I never got to ask how long did you know you were going to be leaving The Walking Dead at the end of season eight? He says, I want to say maybe just a couple episodes before we finish the season. Okay, and did you ever think or know that there was the possibility of returning? He says, no, but I do have a funny story. I heard that Fear the Walking Dead was going to Texas, and I was joking around with Scott Gimple maybe a couple months before. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if Dwight went to Fear? You know, I'm from there, so I was trying to get back to town. I was like, wouldn't wouldn't it be funny if Dwight crossed over? And we both laughed about it. Then all of a sudden, two episodes before we wrap up the season of The Walking Dead, I got a call from him saying, hey, how do you feel about going down to Texas and doing Fear? So I don't know if that seed he probably forgot about that to be honest i think it just made sense for my character to go down there because of the storyline no i completely believe that scott Gimple was like yeah okay All right. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> yeah cool <laughs> i'm just at the moment i'm just throwing characters at a wall so yeah, yeah why not? cool why not <laughs> uh, they, they ask how far back was that plan in place and when did you find out i found out around atlanta walker stalker that's when i got the call i don't know when that oh, was man. i say maybe a month before or something well, that's october and then I had to keep it a secret for a year. Was that tough? Ooh. It was really tough. I was chomping at the bit. I just wanted to tell somebody, especially when you do these conventions, everyone's going, well, where's Dwight? Where's he gone? What's happening? You know, I, I'm only including this part of the interview because I was the person saying that at the convention. 
He, it was this real dick of a host <laughs> yeah, who just kept, just kept asking. asking and he wouldn't take a hint. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, and sometimes you'll get in a longer conversation and someone will catch you off guard by asking me questions and you almost slip the answer in and you have to hold yourself back. <laughs> so I feel sorry me. for them at conference, at the uh, cons when that happens because I think there's been a few people like, I always thought Stephen Yun pulled out of London and it was round about the time where I think he would have found out that he was getting killed off. And I was just like, oh, it must be horrible knowing these things. Like, I don't think that's why he pulled out. I think it was to do something different. But <laughs> it must be really difficult yeah. to like sit there and be like, yep, yep, right. nope. I yep. mean, like, so ma- many times, yeah. like uh, I, we had uh, the girl who played Lizzie. Uh, what the oh, hell's yeah. her name? Brighton Charbonneau. Brighton Charbonneau. And we had her the weekend that happened. But we Jeepers. didn't know it, and I had her up on a panel, and she had a big smile on her face. And then that night, we're like, "Oh, <gasps> holy shit!" And Matt Lentz on your show on yeah. the Walking Dead cast, he was great. Like the week, he yeah. was so polite on that interview. It's like, so what do you think's next? And he's like, "Oh, I don't know." Then <laughs> inside, it's like, "No, you're dying." I'm like, week, "Yeah, so wouldn't it be funny if your father played Henry twenty years from now?" Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah sure, yeah. He's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Then they ask, what else can you tease for Dwight's character coming up? He says, well, there's a couple other theme- scenes that pop up for Dwight later in the season. And obviously, you're not going to see Dwight playing the same notes throughout the whole season. So it sounds like he's only going to be in a few episodes. He says, there's okay. going to be some other things that he starts fighting for and really starts paying attention to. And that's going to be really pivotal for his journey and his character arc. There's a lot of surprises coming up. We're shooting season five, episode 15 right now. And this season is stunning. I can't wait for people to see it. That's really fun, action packed and a lot of twists and turns. It's going to be great. Which that last part is what happens when you pull the string on the back of any Walking Dead actor. They just say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be great. You've never seen anything like it before. (laughs) I'm like, all right. Mm -hmm." Uh, And then last, I reported in an earlier episode about this upcoming VR game called Walking Dead Onslaught. And I was kind of bummed because it was only supposed to be for the Oculus Rift and the the other one. I forget what it's called. But uh, it turns out it's coming out on the PSVR, which I have. So I'm excited about that. Oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. All right. That is it for the news. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Brains. Brains are so good. Okay, your turn. (laughs) Jason Robertson says, Fantastic episode. Was not expecting those kids to be behind the walkers being strung up. It was a great twist and I was pleased to get Dwight tonight. Can't wait to see our other group next week. There's like three groups. Yeah, I know. I was like, which group? (laughs) (laughs) Daphne Backman says the twist i'm excited to see what happens next the john dory slash june trip to the wild west was great and the dwight morgan interaction gives me hope for the rest of the season so excited awesome rick montalvan says i cannot get into kid villains however it was a joy watching john june and dwight you should not go and see uh what was that horror superhero movie bright bright something (laughs) <laughs> that's a really great description. I have to um, I have to figure it Bright oh, Burn. Uh, I saw yeah. it. So it's basically what if Superman, you know, Clark Kent as a baby gets sent to this farm in Kansas only he's evil. <laughs> that's quite entertaining actually. <laughs> Don't go see that. Uh Brian White says this show is entertaining and that's all I want out of it. If it just went full western zombie, I would like it even more. Cowboys and zombies. <clears throat> 
I don't think the kids will be villains. I've worked slash volunteered with teenagers before, and teenagers make dumb decisions for no reason whatsoever. But then again, Lord of the Flies with zombies would be interesting too. I hope we see our trucker group next week. We need some comic relief to break up all these monologues. (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) Damien Vitale, or Vital, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, um, says, thought it was pretty good. Four out of five brain gets. (laughs) I thought for sure that Dwight and a new group of Saviors 2.0 would be behind the roadblocks, but I was relieved we found him just as we last saw him. A broken individual holding on to the hope of finding his wife, who maybe we will get to see. John Dory and his San Antonio split was fantastic. Nice to get some backstory on his gunslinging character. Last week, toxic zombies. This week, tumbleweed zombies. Next week, who knows? <laughs> I feel like we didn't uh, we didn't mention John's name was Six Gun Sam. Yeah, and she tried to get out of him whether he was a good guy or a bad guy, and uh, he didn't really say that. But to me, that sounds like a good guy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think you want your girlfriend to think you're a badass, so you don't <laughs> want to be like, I was a good guy, so yeah. <laughs> Orla Nayam. Neve. Neve. Neve? You say, yep, Neve. That's Orla Neve. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. I'll just go say it's that. It's a good, good uh, Irish Scottish name there. Yeah, MHSV. Oh, you're so, so glad you're here. Orla yep. Neve <laughs> Isley says best of the season yet the chemistry between Garrett Dillahunt and Jenna Elfman is the strongest of any duo in the series so I'm glad we got another episode focusing mostly on them Dwight's intro felt seamless which is a relief because I had doubts about how fear would pull that off yeah totally I have a feeling he'll be key in taking back the denim factory Ooh. Maybe. Yeah, Dwight should really any any crossover character should shake things up in my opinion. Mm. San Antonio split, she says. <laughs> I think with Dwight, um Logan doesn't know Dwight is with them. So Dwight could be like a Trojan horse in that respect, a double agent again. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool. Yeah. Um or you could send Skidmark in. Or one of these kids who's they're good double agents yeah. or oliver's gang <laughs> <You know? laughs> um the lovely alicia stout says the episode was sappy silly ridiculous and i loved it <laughs> i knew those kids were up to no good i thought having our gang meet them at the truck stop was going to be a trap but was surprised to see that they are the ones behind all the tied up creepy walkers looking forward to next week by the way what happened to talking dead actually good question what did because it? it's it's off without reason at the moment isn't it yeah i mean they announced i think the first night that they're doing one for the first episode of the season and one after the mid-season finale but not in between and i'm not sure they said why though i i imagine it's lower rate something rating thing or i don't know yeah yeah it doesn't seem to say anything online about it christina elaine says dwight with one, <laughs> two, three, four, five exclamation points. <laughs> so glad to have him back. And I love any episode with John Dory as a central character. Solid episode. Thumbs up. The wonderful Mark Kirkman says, I loved this episode. Morgan gets a new bow staff. I'll let a piece of fence that can't get infected. I didn't even John notice Dory. that. Yeah, it's got a like, little hook on okay. the end. Awesome. Um, John Dory amazes us with his trick shot moves and we learn something else about him. Just the whole vibe of the episode. It was like Fear the Walking Dead meets Westworld and Deadwood. Yes, Mark. That was the other thing I meant to say was it had a bit of a Deadwood vibe and Garrett Dillahunt was in Deadwood. <laughs> and that is my smart remark for the day. <laughs> this, yeah, podcasting on this is making me like it more. One reason why I love podcasting. 
Mark McBurney says, easily the best episode so far this season. This felt more like the fear of old with the real life struggle of family life, Dwight trying to find Sherry and Les Morgan to make it feel like The Walking Dead 2.0. A Dory and Dwight spinoff would work for me. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Fran Bernstein says, okay, so definitely better than last week. I really liked seeing Dwight and I really believed how he got there. The San Antonio split was awesome. Having a John Dory-centric episode helps. Yeah. Still missing Sarah and Wendell. And I totally forgot about Al. <laughs> Zero mention of her this week. And not that I care, but where is Charlie? Have to say it again. Great characters. Terrible writing. <laughs> I mean, Al is the reason why they're still there and haven't gone back to the denim factory, in my opinion. Is she going to be back this season? Like, I don't know. Because, I mean, I guess... Yeah, I feel like they would have said if I mean there's not another yeah. taken movie going, is there like <laughs> Mackie Grace they, has got taken again. They have <laughs> said, well, it would be a real disappointment if we don't explore that story more. So either yeah. they're admitting that it's going to be a big disappointment or they're going to explore yeah. the story more. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Holt uh, says before anyone starts calling BS, it is possible to split a bullet off an axe blade. I've seen it done. Now under those conditions, it would be a real feat. Bryson Wolf says, <laughs> so snoring, yeah. snoring noise. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> okay, we actually have a couple of calls this week. The first one is from Steve Yay. Brown. <gasps> Steve. Hey, Jason and Walking Dead cast. I hope this gets in before you guys record. I just saw that you haven't recorded yet. So uh, this is Steve, and I love this episode. I love seeing all the, the Old West stuff and the Old West guns. I just love that uh, that whole thing and I, I can't wait to see the rest of the this half of the season for sure i'm excited and uh, i love the bullet split at the end and uh, uh i actually i enjoy seeing dwight i hope he sticks around and uh yeah that's it i just i'm really enjoying fear this season and uh i know other people aren't but uh, i am talk to you later we give it like a 6.3 yeah, and I think, like, of everyone in the world, Steve deserves to enjoy something after having watched Game of Thrones, like, in such quick succession. I'm just like, you deserve just to enjoy stuff now. Like, you put yourself through that. Now, just go out and have fun. Right. Enjoy the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was almost almost as bad as being Theon, just watching that. I know. <laughs> having to watch it all so close. Thing is, it's all brilliant. Well, it's not all brilliant, but it's generally brilliant. Yeah. It's just watching it all so close together is unique Intense. torture. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then our last call is from Gemma Hall. <gasps> Gemma! Hi, you guys. Um, this is Gemma calling from South Wales. Um, I think I take back what I said last week about Fear the Walking Dead being a bit shit. That's the episode, episode three. I really enjoyed it. I was sitting forward, I was engaged. Uh, the John Dory stuff in June in the, like, you know, Texas ranch thing. That was awesome. And, like, I visited one of those places that we had here in Wales, actually, when I was a kid. So, you know, it brought back a few memories and the whole tumbleweed blowing through the wind and the music. Oh, it was awesome. And then the big reveal of Dwight coming out and shooting. And I just screamed. I was like, it's Dwight. <laughs> so like, yeah, I was really excited about that. And then the fact that John Dory was able to have an open conversation with him and Dwight answered him, 
you know, with all the right answers and, you know, didn't shut down or anything. And they actually gave each other information. I thought that was quite <laughs> different, yeah. you know, a unique thing for Walking Dead. But no, it was really good. And then, you know, the stuff with the kids, the reveal at the end that they'd been the one tying the zombies together. That was interesting. So what's going to happen going forward with Dylan covered in blood? I don't know. But yeah, it was really good. I'm surprised because I was expecting another <laughs> dire episode. But no, it was good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. And uh, yeah, that's my feedback. So thank you. Bye. 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 I love her. She's so... Gemma, you're great. Yeah, I love it. She's really nice. So far, the John Dory episodes are, are pretty good. So I hope they keep that record going. Yeah, I hope that he makes it as far as the films. Ooh, I think that'd be cool. John Dory would be a good film mm-hmm. character to have. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's our show, episode 357. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for coming on again, Lucy. It was actually a pleasure, yeah. <laughs> Next week, I think it, I will be camping, so it'll be you and somebody else. It'll be me and John Dory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give Garrett a call. Great. I'll be like, you're mine now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to call us, leave a message that might get played on the podcast, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can send a voicemail to that email too if you mm-hmm. want. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. Next episode, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 5, Episode 4, Skidmark. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> kind of bummed I don't get to be on that one. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel didn't name that cat, right? I don't know. Probably. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't Don't get get bit, Aaron Maynard. Maynard. Don't get bit, Skidmark. (laughs) (laughs) Such a horrible name.